When it comes to politics, yeah, I'm well past the tinfoil hat stage. I need a good helmet for the banging my head against the wall stage. The Kate Daly Show starts now. Ladies and gentlemen, the very word secrecy is repugnant in a free and open society. And we are, as a people, inherently and historically opposed to secret societies, to secret oaths, and to secret proceedings. We decided long ago that the dangers of excessive and unwarranted concealment of pertinent facts far outweighed the dangers which are cited to justify it. Great speech. Great speech. Um, I wish we could hear it daily. <laughs> Welcome to the Kate Daly Show. Today I'm going to do a deep dive, and uh, this is a special Friday show. And because of the 60th anniversary um, of his assassination, his sad, uh, very, very sad assassination, where I think the nation was told many, many lies in the narrative, um, personal opinion, that uh, I'm going to do a deep dive. I'm going to talk about things that are not normally discussed and that's always gets a little tricky, doesn't it? Um, people hold on. I think people hold on tightly to the stories we've been told. And boy, have we been told them over and over and over and over again. So no guests today. I'm just going to present some information to you. And, uh, and what, this is my hope because I think this is what's hard to do for most of us. We've been shown a story. We've been shown Camelot. We've been shown this story. And I'm going to talk a little bit about Playboy. I'm going to talk a little bit about Marilyn Monroe. I'm going to talk about a little bit about Watergate, if I can get there, and a little bit more about JFK that uh, most people don't talk about. But what's fascinating about this as us, for us as people, is that we have a tough time, I think, taking in a lot of new information and letting it just rest and say, okay, could that be true? Even though it's all, everything I'm going to talk about today is well-documented, and I mean some of it well-documented in the narrative, it's just not talked about a lot that I think it's going to surprise you a little bit. And then um, I'm going to bring a lot of things to the forefront too. But maybe it's a good idea today to, to erase a little bit of the emotion about the stories we're told and retold and retold. Maybe there's a reason we're retold stories so often. And uh, then look at, look at this with maybe some fresh eyes and some new information. Because I think, I think it'll be surprising to you <laughs> some of the things that um, I've dug up. Um, Okay, so what got me on this kick was actually kind of a, a, a little tip about Playboy and how Playboy was the CIA project. Um, it was more like a Rockefeller project, but a CIA project in the way that it was going to groom culture, in the way that it was going to change you and I. And boy, did it. In fact, I don't think people remember back in the beginnings a lot of things that it did that set it apart. And it was like, you know, I'm not even talking about the nudie photos. I'm talking about some of the other storylines that they did. There was a reason that it gained the traction. And there was a reason at a time in our society when when we had a little bit more of a moral society. It was it was accepted. And um so let me bring you back to Hugh Hefner for a moment, because I'm not going to spend a ton of time on Hugh, but I want to kind of introduce Marilyn in this story, because one of the things that I realized was that um, Marilyn Monroe made him famous, and this is a, an interesting part. So 
Hugh Hefner, he went to school and then at age 18, he joined the military. And that was 1944 to 46 as a U.S. Army writer for a military newspaper. Now, what's strange is they concentrate on that. He was at two different camps, Camp Adair in Salem, Oregon, and Camp Pickett in Virginia. Ironically, Blackstone, Virginia. And yes, that name comes up a lot. Blackstone. Blackrock, Blackstone, same thing. Okay. Same thing. Two companies. They like to confuse people with both names. Anyway, um, and so... um, he was there in Virginia, and he was actually getting sharpshooter awards. And this was a training ground for, for people going out into the theater of war. Interesting that we call it theater. Um, and, but he was, it was talked about that he wrote for the newspaper. And the newspaper only lasted three or four years. Okay, But this newspaper would be pivotal because they would talk about this as the precursor to Playboy. And also, he got a Bachelor of Arts in Psychology and a double minor in Creative Writing, okay? And so he goes, he goes from there, and he, he takes on this career as a, uh, like in 1952, he got a job as a copywriter for Esquire. And he was denied a $5 raise, they said, so he took out a mortgage loan, raised $8,000 from 45 investors, and then all of a sudden put out Playboy, which was at first going to be called Stag Party. But here it gets interesting. Um, the first issue was published in December 1953, and it featured Marilyn Monroe from a 1949 nude calendar shoot that she did under a, a fake name. And the first issue sold 5,000 copies. But what's fascinating is, number one, he bought a crypt next to her, by the way. Really infatuated with her. But the deal with Hugh Hefner was, how did he get the photos? You're a, you're a nothing guy, a copywriter for Esquire. By the way, in the military, they groomed a lot of people for writing for these types of things um, because they were really working for government, but they were put out and shoved out into um, like uh, Henry Luce, Time Magazine. You know, a lot of people worked for the agencies and were kind of groomed by military to work in media news and media, okay, and print media. So it's interesting, he got that job at, as, as a copywriter for Esquire. He, he didn't have to work his way into that. Just a side note. But how did he go from that to overnight obtaining these pictures of Marilyn Monroe that would have, could have, should have ruined her? Because at the time, anything was a scandal. You had an affair, it was a scandal. You did something, it was a scandal. And nudie photos? That would, that would break you in Hollywood at the time. But it didn't. And he got these pictures, and it launched this magazine. Okay? There had never been anything like this before. And um, what's interesting, too, is that it actually published some stories. The story called The Crooked Man in 1955 highlighted straight men being persecuted in a world where homosexuality was the norm. Kind of like the pig face episode from the Twilight Zone where the norm was the pig face and the human face was ugly. Kind of like that. So they turned, they turned the narrative around and made the straight guys being persecuted in a world where uh, everyone was gay. This was groundbreaking in 1955 and not something on the norm. This was definitely something that was really strange to do, okay? And, but he did it. And he didn't worry about his newspaper going under, and the people that invested in him didn't worry about that either. 
That was a pretty big storyline at the time. So there was more to Playboy. There was definitely more of a controlled um, project in Playboy to then change culture at the time, I do believe. After doing a lot of homework on this, um, he also introduced like all kinds of different narratives and themes like that. And he did things that were so edgy, it was kind of strange that he got away with it, okay? And, uh, and then also, he, uh, he sent Alex Haley, remember Alex Haley? To interview uh, George Lincoln Rockwell, American Nazi Party. Um, he just had a lot of access to people that people don't get. So how did he go from obscure little copyright editor to all of that? To access to the main people in Hollywood, Marlon Brando, um, um, you name it. You know, he was, he was doing all kinds of interviews. Well, how and why? It, ne- it never, well, it still doesn't make sense to me how his career flourished. Because had it not been for the Marilyn Monroe photos, you would not know this magazine. It would not have ever launched. But he got him at a time just as she was hitting her uh, peak of popularity. And it didn't hurt her, really. And obviously, his career exploded from this particular thing. So, at a time when Playboy shouldn't have been, Playboy was. And... uh, and by 1953, a year later, Marilyn skyrocketed. She was one of most uh, Hollywood's most, mar- most marketable Hollywood stars. So let's talk about Marilyn for a moment. Because when I, saw, when I saw that Playboy would only be here because of Marilyn, Marilyn is a very pivotal character, not only in this, but in the JFK story. And she seems to crop up everywhere. And I actually do think, you know, she was a sweet girl. I think that she was a sweet girl. I think that she got used a lot. Um, But I think that she, um, you know, from different accounts and looking in history, I think a lot of people that knew her would say she was a sweet girl. So this isn't isn't anything about her. It's just about how people are groomed, okay? So her father that she admitted to, her biological father, was, and I'll show you a picture of of her. Her biological father was Charles Stanley Gifford. Right. And uh, it was her mother's boss that worked at Consolidated Films, ironically, at the time of Marilyn's birth in 1926. Hmm. That's kind of interesting. He also owned Republic Pictures, American Record Corporation, Brunswick Record Corporation, American Tobacco Companies. Pretty hooked up. Okay. And, of course, she has a lot of names. Norma Jean Mortensen, Norma Jean Baker, Norma Jean Doherty. And um, in 1926, all the different bios say that she worked in a factory. But they don't say, usually, except in a couple of obscure places, was that it was a defense factory called Radio Plane Company. Okay? So whether you want to say Norma Jean Baker, Norma Jean Doherty, she was married at a young age, also discovered while working at Radio Plane Factory in 1945. Okay? Um... She was discovered by a photographer named David Conover. And David Conover was actually, um, worked for the agency. He was actually in intelligence. And that came out in a bio years, years later. But they say that it was some random, random person just taking photos at the plant, noticed her. And he said, oh, she had a smudge on her face. And her curly, extra curly, uh, curly ash blonde hair, which was actually brunette, but ash blonde hair, um, it would, you know, I just stopped, took a photo of her. She intrigued me. 
And I just somehow passed those photos along to a certain modeling agency. But I want to talk to you about that because there's more to that. And I want you to look at this picture of her. Okay. And look at it. If you're watching this on Lindell TV tonight, you can see this photo. This photo is very um, telling of who she really is compared to what we got later on. And, uh, but he said he was on assignment to take photos of working women at this factory. Okay. And how he thought she was going to be the next thing and passed her pictures along, took the time to pass her pictures along is kind of interesting as well. But I'm going to come right back. So there's more on this. And boy, it gets a lot deeper. Be right back. Kate Daly Show, katedalyradio.com, Deep Dive Friday. Be right back. Hey, everyone. Quick message here. I just wanted to tell you about uh, about something Birch Gold is doing over the next week. And, you know, the reason I tell you to go to them is this is who I trust. There's a lot of people that come to me that want me to refer to them, to sell gold and silver to them or what have you. Nope. No way. This is who I trust. I trust Birch Gold. And this is why I talk about them on the air. And this is why I waited 13 years to talk about anyone on the air is I really wanted to make sure it was somebody I knew I could trust. This is why Ron Paul trusts them, Steve Bannon trusts them, a lot of people with a lot of money. And let me just tell you, they're very, very good at what they do, and they're very good at advice. They have a Black Friday event uh, from uh, (laughs) from November 17th to November uh, 24th, okay? And when you open a gold IRA and back it with gold, which might not cost you anything to do for every $10,000 you spend by December 22nd, Birch Gold is going to send you a free gold bar. And this is, you have to text Kate to 989898. Okay. That, that phone number 989898 to claim eligibility before Black Friday. All right. So Birch Gold can help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into an IRA in gold for no money out of pocket and you still get the free gold bars. Isn't that amazing? For every 10000 you put into an account backed with gold, you're going to get a free gold bar. I just think that's kind of amazing. So take advantage of this. It is, um, it is uh, the 17th uh, through the 24th. Just make sure you go and do this. Text 989898 and text my name. All right? Really appreciate you doing that because I know you're going to get the information you need. Information's free. So this is just going to give you the info and then you can decide what to do. But it's some good advice for you. And I really like good advice. You know that. I do my homework. But this is who I trust most importantly. And I want to I want to stress that this is who I trust. These are the guys I trust. Thanks, you guys. <laughs> 